Welcome to Keeping Track, a Trackmania community podcast where I interview your favourite players and ask them the same set of five questions. The guest this week is Bozbez, the two-time BIPL champion, discusses his gradual entry into Trackmania, the difficulty of maps in competitions, and of course, his unique way of playing the game. So, question one is, uh, when did you get into Trackmania, and what was it that got you hooked? Yeah, right, so... What happened was I was watching Games Done Quick in 20, 2020, early maybe. It might have been the end of 2019. Uh, and that was the classic Riolu Turbo speedrun. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, it was a super good watch. Like, I enjoyed the whole time. Well, one of the few games I'd actually... Usually I just have it on second monitor for background noise. Uh, I actually watched this one. It's enjoyable watch. I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. Who is this Riolu? Uh, so, you know... Go, go to YouTube, subscribe, and then, like, the videos he was uploading at the time were TMGL. Like, some of the first TMGL seasons were starting at the end of TM2 there. And he uploaded these VOD reviews. So I kind of, like, just passively consumed these VOD reviews, not really knowing who the players were. Or Carl Jr. I mean, I quickly knew who Carl Jr. was, but... Uh, it's more like just I like I didn't understand the tracks so much because obviously I had not played the game. I didn't recognize that what was on my screen was complete nonsense because at the <laughs> time those TM2 early uh, all tour maps were yeah they make uh, current tracks look gold. Uh, so uh, I was kind of like like just there passively consuming the content, kind of enjoying it, and then I heard about the launch of 2020 in the summer, and I was like maybe I should give it a go because I'd previously looked, you know, you see TM2, you boot up Steam, you search TM2 and you get Valley, Canyon, so Trackmania, (laughs) United, Forever. And like, there's not really any resources. Like what I wanted to do was play what's kind of like the current active competition scene of the game because that's what I'd be interested in. But I, like, I looked at the Steam page, entire meltdown. I didn't know what I actually wanted was TM2 Stadium. Like, there was nowhere I found saying something like that. So I had not played the game. I And also, like, there was an entry cost, which there wasn't for 2020. I downloaded 2020, you know, like, give it a go. Uh, drop into the campaign, you know, collect your author times. Solid week of gameplay. And then it kind of fizzled out for me, like... At the time, there wasn't track of the day, or if there was, it was very early, and there wasn't cup of the day. So, in terms of content that a free new player getting into the game would play, I mean, the training maps were so bad that even then, <laughs> I didn't want to play them. Yeah, uh, the campaign maps I just about stomached through. Uh, I mean, all the time occupied me for a short amount of time. It's, I'll be honest, they're not very hard. Uh, get those out of the way, and then I was just kind of like. What do I do? I'm seeing this gameplay on Riolu's videos and it's like, whoa, it's like cool competitive mapping. And then in game, like clearly there's some disconnect as I boot up the basic ass track campaign tracks. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, so I just kind of didn't really play it actively then. Continue kind of every now and then. I'd boot up the campaign when it released next. Uh, uh, I think Track the Day released in like July or something. I think I started to play a few of those, but I wasn't really into it. Uh, eventually, I think when I started getting into the game much more and when I started playing actively, it was in the winter. 
they released Cup of the Day sometime in the autumn, and I think I started playing late November or something. And that was much better. I, I enjoyed my Cup of the Day experiences. Uh, that's definitely when I started playing the game. Um, so actually, you know, play Cup of the Day every day, hunt the track for a few hours after. It's kind of a, like a fun little cycle. You get a, a bit of new content every day and it's different and the tracks are a bit more advanced and you get to watch Riolu on stream <laughs> play the tracks and I'm like, oh, he's so good. He played with bongos and he's the one. I'm like, oh, how can it be? Uh, at the yeah, time... There's yeah. a recurring theme, a, re a recurring character in this uh, this this story that we perhaps won't dwell on. Um, but I think that you mentioned the Trapmania Turbo. That's the second person to mention Trapmania Turbo, and I think visually it's the most interesting Trapmania game for like just someone who's never seen a Trapmania game or never experienced it. I think that's the mm. the soft in. Maybe, but bear in mind for me in particular, I had played a lot of competitive gaming previously. So what was necessarily like flashy loops yeah. and roller coasters wasn't that appealing for me. I was much more interested by the kind of detail as he was going through the speed run, the amount of like tricks and stuff that he had during the mm -hmm. gameplay. And then watching the world tour after that, well, not world tour, the TMGL beta season or whatever, like the kind of level of gameplay was much more interesting to see that high level of competition rather than just the flashy turbo stuff, at least for me. Yes, would you say then track of the day was the thing that, that sort of got you hooked in a way that made you keep coming back to the game and, and practicing? Or was there something then even, even yeah, further? No, still? it was track of the day, cup of the day. Uh, I never really got big into campaigns. Uh, the Yeah, uh, I started playing actively during the winter there and started like, actually getting a couple hundred hours in the game, at which point I started getting... Obviously, I had the potential to be good there. Like suddenly, it's my first few couple of days, and I popped in Div Two or something. I'm like, wait, I could kind of do well here, and it's kind of it keeps you hooked. You want to do better. You want to get Div One. And at the time, I was hunting Track the Days quite a lot, and in the regional leaderboards helped. Uh, there was Bigly, uh, Bigly uh, ever present in the West Midlands leaderboard. Uh, he was a, he was a great uh, person to hunt against since he was like put in that default top fifty time. And as a new player, that's, that's a reasonable kind of mark to try and hit. And also Nyaruka at the time, uh, a lot of the UK records were falling to him. And I started to challenge him on some of those, I think, around then. Well, that's where the huge majority of my early playtime was. Um, I think sometime around then, I also watched the first TSCC, or one of the first ones. Uh, I remember watching the, the the UK team at the time. It was something like Chris Killjoy Che, uh, and like I was looking at their gameplay, and I wasn't particularly impressed. They were very bonky. I thought maybe I can do better. Uh, so like the next season, I think I signed up for TSCC, and it turns out I could do better. So yeah. <laughs> fancy that. Um, yeah, that's you and Epos both with the uh, TSCC as your first sort of entry into yep. the competitive scene. That's quite interesting. I mean, there wasn't really any other options, right? Like, yeah. for low-level players, you could play Open Grand League. That's kind of a high bar. And those tracks at the time with the six laps with full identities, like, ooh, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not the um, multi-lappers. Apart from that, like, what is there? There were tech comps at the time and some of the early 2020 comps, but the, the mapping style for Mixed hadn't developed at all at that point. Uh, so it was just kind of tech comms filled with 
TM2 leftover players. Uh, not really anything else. I mean, TSCC was kind of like the first mixed competition, if you will. I guess a, a few early EMC, EMC season one happened sometime around then, but that's something that you need a team for, which means you, like, you kind of have to be serious about it and like actually go and look for a team or someone knows who you are. Whereas, at least for TSCC, UK, you can just kind of show up to the qualifiers and just, you kind of get in the team if you're good. So it's definitely an uh, entry point competitively for me was through there. The, uh, the next question uh on on the list is normally an interesting question because we get to learn a little bit about players uh but this one i don't think we'll have a guest who has a sort of a hundred thousand viewed video on youtube talking about this question and about them but i guess we'll ask it anyway and we'll see if there's any any nuggets of information we can extract out of you uh what input device do you use and why more specifically why wow i use mouse to play trackmania Wow. Uh, right. Why? So before Trackmania, I got into Rocket League for a bit. My friend convinced me it's a game that I would potentially enjoy, and I had some medium amount of enjoyment playing Rocket League. But during that, during like putting a thousand and a bit hours into Rocket League, I had got myself a controller because, you know, every previous game I played was basically an FPS game. So I was a big keyboard mouse player. So Going mm-hmm. to Rocket League, suddenly controller is kind of the thing to use, right? You can play on keyboard, but it's got clear precision limitations in comparison to keyboard. So I got myself a controller, good old DualShock 4, as you do. Uh, played for a bit, a few hundred hours, then suddenly, ouch, goes my wrist. You know, I think, hmm, maybe I should just like take a break for a week, take a break for a week, play again, ouch. Uh, just like this pain at the bottom of my forearm. Just in a really uncomfortable way that I just had when holding the controller. It doesn't feel comfortable in my hands, doesn't feel natural. And that's kind of like, eh, what do you do about that? Like, clearly, Mm. one of the reasons that you can be good at a game is that you are comfortable and that you can put the time in. And that's kind of really important. That's more important than, like, the precision advantage you'd get over a controller keyboard is that can you actually play the game to begin with is, is like, the first bar to clear. and previously, I'd played other games like BF3, where I played primarily as a jet pilot. And there, <laughs> you, the default controls, you use mouse, like in a similar way to, like, maybe not similar, but you move your mouse around and it controls the rotation of the jet, right? Interesting. Yeah, I'm following. Like, I'm following. I, I had also played uh, like 1.5k hours of CSS Surf. That's a lot of smooth mouse control where you're kind of, I mean, there's obvious similarities to Trackmania, less so to Rocket League, but you can kind of see it, right? So I thought, why not? Fuck it. Let's give it a go. Like, I can see how it works mentally. Like, there's not really an obvious downside, apart from the bit where you might run out of mouse mat. So, you know, I boot it out, like, obviously. Or bigger mouse mat. (laughs) Uh, he still ran out trust me (laughs) Uh, so it's like I can write the software I know how so I might as well it was like a weekend project for me so I did it and then I played Rocket League for a bit and it was interesting like you could clearly feel a level of precision within the control there's also a lot of uh, like downsides like you feeling the, the rate you need to move your mouse for max stick 
is the main downside across Rocket League and Trackmania for playing on mouse. Because that's something you essentially just have to have hardwired into your brain is that this is the speed of, of kind of max rate of turn. Uh, but apart from that, like I could get along with the controls, I could play Rocket League and, you know, obviously adopting something like that's a pain in the ass. So I didn't like just start playing on it. I went back to controller with the endless Kofi and maybe this time it will work. Uh, you play it on keyboard a bit. Oh, I can play on keyboard. Then you go on mouse. Oh, this is kind of okay. And like eventually over a few months, I ended up just being um, a mouse player on Rocket League. Uh, and then like maybe you know, six months later, I'm getting into Trackmania. I've become my controller with the endless copium, but this time it will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, when I started grinding those track of the days, oh, my favorite wrist pain returns. Like, again, it was fine for 100 hours or something. And they're like, this is not so comfy anymore. I was thinking, I mean, I've got the software written. I might as well try it. Uh, you know, you try it. It's kind of really awkward. You can kind of feel the precision is okay. Like maybe you could be good at this, but it's really fucking awkward and you can't be bothered. So you like just stick it in the bin and pick up your controller again. Uh, but eventually, I think it took a month or two months or something. I just ended up being comfortable enough on mouse that my skill on mouse was equivalent to my skill on controller. And then kind of just put the controller away and then just play on mouse. And here we are. That is, I don't think anyone will ever have a story of like, so I had to code a piece of software yeah. in order to use my input device. That's, um, that is absolutely fascinating. Did, have you had like a previous injury to that hand or just complete like growing up without controllers? Um, I have previously suffered from like wrist related troubles for gaming, but it's actually primarily been my left hand. Uh, but not really so much my right hand. I think in this case, it's just my hands are not super big and the controller is just, I don't know, just the geometry doesn't work for me. Uh, I think just from a biology way, uh, not that it's like aggravating a previous injury. I've tried other controllers, obviously, but they tend to go bigger, bigger than the DualShock yeah. 4, which is annoying. Uh, maybe if someone could like make a nice small little dinky controller for me it would work out but you know there isn't so you know. i think well i mean i think i've seen controllers that are meant for like toddlers yeah. but i okay. think that might be perhaps too small, small. little dinky controller that has good joysticks yeah that's what i to say <laughs> it's all yeah. about the support it it's all about the driver support really and, and uh, even the, just the quality of the sticks matters a lot i think yeah. like track mania. so um if you were to swap I'm assuming, obviously, controller in the bin, not coming back out. Do you think you could take a stab at using a wheel? Or have you got any other sort of out there controller ideas should you need to, for some reason, move away from the mouse? Oh, I have, of course, played on everything else under the sun that I could possibly like conjure up. Because mouse is really fucking awkward to play on. Like It's, it's not... It's like, oh, it's a constant fight. Um, so... Well, first off, if someone was to make a controller that didn't make my hands hurt, I'd seriously consider switching to it. Uh, secondly, keyboard is a pretty viable option for me. I'm already an okay keyboard player just from I don't know, passive game knowledge and vision, I guess. So I could switch to keyboard. I've got an 
analog keyboard currently, I'd consider trying to abuse that a bit, maybe for, for a bit more precision than like a standard keyboard. Uh, it's not terrible, actually. Like you can, you can, you can feel like a difference in precision while tapping, like you can yeah. smooth tap a bit better with the keys. So maybe that's an option. Uh, I've played on wheel. I modified one of uh, an old steering wheel I had to get rid of the force feedback gear system. So it was just kind of, I mean, it was just a wheel on a potentiometer, so like pretty low resistance, which is what you want. Uh, that was okay. The main problem was really that without, uh, for wheel, unless you're Granadi who plays with 180 degrees of lock, which is insane. And I think I asked him at Racer Summit and he said he wanted to switch to a wheel which had uh, uh, so the, the fancy new direct drive wheels, for example, can use the force feedback motors to do the steering lock, right? And some mm -hmm. other wheels, right? In fact, I think his does, but just the software limitation means that 180 is the minimum, which is a software motion. He wants to go left? That's crazy. No, 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 it's not crazy. Uh, 180 degrees of motion, like that's that's way too much for Trackmania. For a game that's playable with the precision of a keyboard player, you really don't need that much smooth steer precision. That's kind of mm -hmm. why I can work on controller actually, because controllers aren't that precise. Yeah. For wheel, you want really kind of low angle, like low angle left and right. Uh, if you've seen Wizzy on stream, you'll see he's got a lower angle setup with his wheel, and that's a direct drive wheel, uh, CSRDD or something. Uh, I think he's matched his <laughs> wheel to his in-game car steering wheel rotation, which is kind of funny, but that in-game steering wheel doesn't have that much left-right motion. Uh, if I could craft a setup like that, that would be good. For my janky custom at-home setup, basically what I did was I implemented the, like the... I didn't have end stops for the rotation. Like I could take it, so I only had the, you know, it's maybe 60 degrees of wheel rotation that I actually want for input, but I had no way of like actually physically preventing the wheel going further, which yeah. made it kind of really kind of annoying to play on. It's a, a similar problem to what I have on mouse in a sense, in that you don't actually know what the edge of steering is, but I think it's more of a problem on wheel if you don't have that. Yeah, I can imagine, because it's sort of locking it in place as opposed to the mouse where you're like, well, I'm going too fast, but I'm still at least at full steering. It's yeah for, for wheel. I think it's also more like you want to when you're full steering and you want to do a small correction in and then back out to full steer. If you don't know the like actual, if if it's not stopped at the full steer, then you'll like the you'll have a muscle memory to you know like do a little correction back in, and that will change depending on how far you've mentally missed your full steer. Uh, for mouse, that's more feeling based, and I think is less of an issue. It's still an issue, and I still struggle with corrections during full steer, but, you know, what can you do? Has that had any impact on going to lands? Because I imagine setups aren't really designed to have this sort of acre of space on the desk pad, and, and installing custom software onto a uh, competition PC is probably not. I mean, uh, these days, I it no longer requires custom software on the PC. I've taken, if you know, like Raspberry Pi-style computers. Uh, I've got one of those. It's not a Raspberry Pi, but it's you know similar idea. Uh, yeah. One of those, I essentially plug my mouse into that and plug that into the PC, and it like shows up on the PC as a joystick, uh, which allows me to play without software on the PC, which is what I used at Racer's Summit. Um, the biggest problem is really like desk size. Uh, 
A, taking the mouse map, B, desk size, and C, chair height, because uh, these are all really annoying. Uh, yeah. Racer Summit, which is the only land I've considered going to and I did go to. Uh, well, it's pretty unpracked there, but it's still the proof of setup. Uh, I had a, I ran into some issues with the mouse map. I couldn't go off the right like I'd used to. And particularly, I like to have my monitor reasonably close to my face. Uh, mm. At home, I've got a monitor arm, which means it's above, like I can use the space directly beneath the monitor. But when you go to LAN, of course, all those monitors come with their big circular or whatever stand at the bottom, which is right into your mouse mat. And it's really annoying. Uh, that was a big problem at Racer Summit. Uh, even worse, I've now got a, a new mouse mat since then that's even bigger. I honestly, I couldn't get this thing in uh, like hand luggage bag on a plane. So that's, that would be extra annoyance there. Uh, so it is a bit annoying, yeah. Definitely... Just imagining you're having to like Amazon ship mouse pads to <laughs> tournament locations. They're like, we've got a package here for Bozbez. Is he competing here this weekend? You're like, thank you. I'll take that. Uh, yeah, no, just smoothing out this brand new yeah. mouse pad, trying to like uncurl it from the. <laughs> yeah, the problem is like, I can't just use any mouse pad. Like, I don't know. My mouse pad's quite fancy. 100 quid mouse pad. You, well, I mean, you know, you do. You hear you, me stroking it. Yeah. <laughs> That ASMR Bozbez tells us about his mouse map, but um, no, yeah, I, I can understand for for that uh, for that requirement. I, I I part of me wants to ask you what the mouse map is, but I have a feeling everyone will tune out if we spend uh, too much yeah, time on. No, on it's a, a Elite Gaming Gear Saturn Pro recently come in. Beautiful, beautiful map. Not sponsored, but uh, get in touch. It is a very uh, nice mouse map, though. Yeah, and he will say that to you. He will say that for your company uh, at a cost. <laughs> Uh, outside of this, uh, on broadcast, he'll bring it up. Make good mouse maps. Yeah, that's a good point. Hold up my uh, ethics. <laughs> so uh, the next question um, is: What is your favorite Trackmania map you've ever competed on? It's a tough one. The, the map that immediately came to mind was Ragnarok by Mymand Intax, which is a three and a bit minute dirt endurance map. Uh, the, the one problem with that map is that I keep flashing this one section in my mind and it's got this cruise control and I had absolute terrorism did left turn with like a platform stubs key thought you that thing can go away so eh, maybe not and that map also had like a billion clips but it's a really cool map on the other hand other maps that come to mind uh, I mean uh willing to bet epos said uh sharpen during this uh i can't i can't remember his exact ones i joked that liberty was his least favorite but he said that despite everything that map had done to him in the end of vopl season two <laughs> that he still loved the map uh which was quite interesting uh liberty was okay i neither love nor hate it um sharpen was okay I don't know. It's it's hard to come up with a favorite map. Like you play these maps for so long, every map turns bad in the end. It feels like it's, you sort of see the flaws in it, yeah, like it's, the it's fun really, and the really yeah. Hard for a map to survive like ten plus hours of training. <laughs> like I can I can name endless amounts of really cool maps that are really nice pieces of mapping. Yet like I've played them long enough that you see the edges and the edges aren't so pretty anymore. Uh... <laughs> Like, like, for example, I really like Capital, just as a map uh, by Kerberos for VIPL Season 1. 
But in terms of mapping, like actual use of blocks and transitions and stuff like that, it wasn't. It was kind of like a whatever map mapping wise. It just played kind of cool. So I don't know. I can't really put that as my favorite map either. Uh, <laughs> EMC Sag, like again, it was an okay map. Like I don't know if I don't know. It's it's too hard for me. I can't do this question. I like we'll lots of with- maps. <laughs> no maps pass the boss test. Uh, well, well either, either all of them hours. or none of them. <laughs> That's fair. We'll 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 say the uh, we'll say the dirt one. Uh, just for yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's a good map. The, there you go. Ragnarok. It's a good map. My feet and tags. Yeah, I'm actually watching it now on my monitor, <laughs> and uh, that looks yeah that that looks good fun, but that would definitely not be for me. There no, is a lot really of hard. very tight it's transitions. Really in. hard. Yeah, but yeah. Interesting. Um, now, question four. Uh, if you were to take part in a Trapmania Pro-Am event, uh, what celebrity or sports person would you want on your team? So, so what do we mean about celebrities here? And can I choose <laughs> Carl Jr.? <laughs> You're not allowed to choose anyone who is known for their Trackmania skill. No. So I've got to pick someone who I think would be really good at Trackmania or who I just want to have a chat with outside of Trackmania while accidentally playing Trackmania with them at the same time. It's You can do whatever motivates you. Oh, whatever motivates me. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know. This one's it's kind of drawing a blank. I don't really consume that much popular media, so celebrities just kind of... Pass any over sports my people? Any other esports? Any you mentioned? Any other esports? I can just Rocket pick with someone who mask. I think has got like really good smooth mouse control. Wait, no, that's not useful. I need someone with good controller control because they're going to play on controller, not mouse. Yeah. Who's the best controller user in the world? Zen. I'm playing with Zen from Rocket League. Job done. Easy. There you go. My win on the on the grid. Guys. What? Boz and Zen. Yep. The uh, very short names. So that's good. Team synergy there and. Uh... Yeah, so Rocket League then, you mentioned it earlier. Do you still play Rocket League or yeah. is Trapmania your your, right. your true love? I'll be honest, Rocket League never like fully vibed with me. If I had been given that game when I was like 13 or 14, I'd have probably thought it was the best thing ever. But I don't know, just as, I don't know, just as it is now, it's a bit too repetitive for me. A bit too, it's the same arena, it's the same amount of players, it's the same ball, it's the same five minutes, just kind of. On and on and on and on. This guy got to me a bit. I think that makes sense. That that makes sense. But uh, I do think, uh, yeah, going for a Rocket League pro is probably the most analogous to Trapmania. So you've gone for the competition angle, and I like that. Um, this this pro am grid that we're oh, playing win, is, is quite interesting. You have got to win. Yeah, I mean, you, all you do is win. Seemingly, uh, yeah, at least you have no chance. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would uh, very much love to see this uh, take place. Um, question five, and the last of our scheduled questions, uh, is what is your Trackmania hot take? Well, you see, all of the, the opinions I have to myself are perfectly justified. Now, <laughs> whether anyone else thinks the same? Mm, okay, it's not very hot. I think like, 90% of people think this, but maybe we can delete that bobsled as a style. Like, that's just not a style. We can use bobsled as transitionary blocks, and that's cool. It's not cool as a style. No one wants this. Uh, I'll take one. Surely I can cook up some more. Arguably a cold take. Yeah, a very cold take. Yeah, I, I considered making this joke. <laughs> 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 but, uh, 
Oh, um, hot take maybe that I don't spew out that often is that I think that a lot of new players coming into the game don't appreciate the the esports scene the way that they do in other games, mm-hmm. and that leads stuff like overly easy couple of days. Uh, people who just want to like complete the track rather than really aim to get better at the game. And that goes all the way into competitions where we've seen recently uh, in with competitions like the Baltics coming up where the maps are uh, clearly designed to be played by players with little experience in the game that I don't think that's appropriate. Uh, I'd like to see, as in other games, there to be like the level step up. I want the top players to be on maps that are appropriate for their skill level uh, and that, that people who are coming into the game would aspire to be that. I don't know if, I mean, that might just be me thinking that everyone else in the world is like me, which that's going to be unlikely. I think a lot of people will come in and just want to blast around the track or a funny car, broom broom or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's probably the hottest take. Do you think what World Tour did then with the, uh, you know, the easy versions of the mainline World Tour maps that were used for regionals and for people to to play at home. Do you think that's perhaps an avenue to enable this where you have very complicated maps for your, your best competitors, but you have sort of dumbed down or, or simplified versions for those at home to sort of get that step up? Because as as like a new player, the, the esports maps are often incompletable, you know, like completely impossible to finish um, if you're not able to maintain speed or, or make those transitions. Do you think dumbing yeah. down those maps uh, yeah, I, yeah i think that, that that can be that can and will and has been and will be in the future uh, a good way to open comps to more players because we do get like you see say an emc it has a huge range of skill levels you've got some of the top mix players ever in the game and in the bottom leagues you've got players with maybe 50 hours in the game uh, and putting trying to pick a map pack that suits everyone obviously you can't do it so you favor the top players if uh, I think yeah, if you saw that, and we had that for Arctic Gaming Experience 2022, where they had e-versions. That's the primary example, I think, for non-World Tour I can think of. And that worked to some extent, I think. Obviously, not every map necessarily. You can just make an easy version. You might just make a jank map. On the other yeah. hand, maybe the worst players don't care that it's a jank map. Um, for World Tour in particular... They didn't do a great job of making the easy versions, I'll be honest. Um, a lot of them had sections that were harder than the hard versions and then just yeah. like sections cut out. Really, I don't know. For, for World Tour, it's hard just because the maps are so um, unique. Uh, in particular, the majority of difficulty in World Tour maps has historically come and still mostly uh, comes from the identities. Uh, and yeah, so, so the answer is to just cut out the identities completely, in which case the map probably doesn't work anymore. I don't know, a bit rough for World Tour, but I do think easy maps, or it doesn't necessarily have to be the same maps with easy versions. Say I'm a map tester for like EMC, right? We get maps that I think are too easy for like playoffs to one. Like they would just be RNG races, basically. Uh, yeah. Those maps... I'm certain that lower div players would think they're the best map ever. We see it every time in the the Discord and the feedback. It's just like, this map is so good. And then like some guy who's not so great at the game, this map is so bad. And then it's the opposite when it's a bit of an easier map. This is the best map ever, says the guy who's less experienced. And then everyone at the top is complaining. 
So I don't know, split map packs are definitely a thing that I think should exist. I think that would be really compelling uh, because the barrier for entry needs to be quite low. I think the, the desire to want to compete is also something there that you briefly touched on at the start. Um, I think Trackmania itself as an entity does a very bad job of promoting its esports and yep. getting casual players to watch. Uh, there's a whole host of things we could go into there, but let's not uh, let's not do that at this time. Um, I think, yeah, just getting that outreach, getting people to want to compete. And like you said, you, you know, you watch sort of tm2 tmgl stuff um i think that can be that can be difficult to follow it can be difficult to know like from format it can be difficult to know where do i go to play these things yeah it's only got worse uh i mean say what you will about checking 16 players onto a six lap map but you could see all the players and you could kind of follow and it was like you could i mean you have the scoreboard on the left it wasn't that hard to follow these days it's just matches and you have no clue what's going on i'll be honest like I've got no clue what's going on. I, I'm not that involved in the World Tour circuit, but as a casual viewer of it and as a player of Trackmania, I still have no idea. I don't know who's winning or losing, what's going on. Uh, whatever. I don't know. I don't think the format's great. I don't think the maps are great. World Tour type one. Yeah, I think we're seeing it now with the World Cup with all the like wildcard qualifiers. Like, I'm trying to follow it. And I'm like, who's playing? When when are they playing? What's the format? Where's the bracket? And that I think is, is a real disservice to the mappers, the competitors, and yeah, the, the esports as a whole. So uh hopefully they'll hopefully they'll do a better job. We'll see. Yep. Um the, the final uh question, the hidden question. Um now this comes off the back of you have won both versions of BIPL. <laughs> uh most recently uh beating uh epos in the most yeah, thrilling yeah. final map nothing happened in between right nothing happened in between no 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 there is no there are no le- there's no cups there is only leagues um yeah, yeah. but no <laughs> what would is there anything you would change about bipl or just you know bipc as well um that you think would make make it better as a competition wow Chuck me under here's the bus for this one. Here's your, here's your soapbox moment. I think as as the two time BIPL champion, I think you get you Are get you your thinking option. how to not get banned from the disc. Like that? <laughs> well, if I get you banned, then someone else can win. That seems like a great idea. Right for me, the biggest pain points in BIPL were match density. We didn't have many matches. It's five matches mm-hmm. over five weeks with a pretty big pack of maps. At the end of the day, that means you're putting a huge amount of hours into training and playing one match a week. It doesn't feel great. Like, during the match and kind of around the match, that's when you have fun during competition. It's not yeah. really when you're just sitting there solo grinding. And the just ratio of time spent grinding to playing is just too low. Uh, and that's not helped by other things where a lot of weeks I, I barely have motivation to boot up the maps. I didn't uh, boot up the maps for some of the weeks, like until the day of BIPL, because the skill gaps are so high in Div 1. Uh, There's just some players that I'm basically never going to lose to, no matter what I do, as long as I know the map, kind of. Unfortunately, that's pretty much all of Div 1, minus the top four, five, six players. So it's just kind of like... It was hard to stay motivated. Even for the last week, I didn't. I wasn't properly practiced there. Uh, Epos wasn't properly practiced either, but that's because he had World Tour, I think. So 
I mean, it worked out happily. You had two not quite properly cracked idiots playing <laughs> a, a slightly scrappy game of Trackmania. Obviously, I can also complain about the match format. Uh, I'll leave the reverse cup discussion alone because it's a bit tired now, but uh, the match length was too much for the finals. Um, whatever we have, 33 or 4 or something rounds, is absolutely mental to play a cup mode game. Uh, that's that's the the game taking longer than a step of the Findurance endurance race. So like, uh, I don't know. I I was completely cooked by the end. You I saw it in the gameplay. I couldn't keep the car on the track anymore. You uh, fast drove off the track as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I think you were both a little bit delirious in the uh, I was f- interview yeah, as well. Just fully delirious, not even a little bit. <laughs> it was over. Um, I think the IPC went pretty well format-wise uh, overall. Don't think we had many problems there, actually. Uh, to me, I would, I, I would personally prefer more cups than leagues. I think the format just works better. You have more games, less maps, more people competing, and more even competition over the whole thing. You lose a bit of that like running league thing that's kind of nice about the IPL. But on the other hand, there's so many good things about the Cups that I can't say for sure that I wouldn't just prefer two or maybe even three. Uh, they don't have to be BIPCs. They can be, you just give it a different name and suddenly it has less prestige or whatever and you can put like 50 quid up rather than whatever huge price pool we have for BIPC. Uh, but whatever, that's up to the admins at the end of the day. We, uh, we will see. We'll see what happens with the future of BIPL. Um, thanks a lot for your time this evening. Uh, is there anything you have coming up in Trackmania that you'd like to uh, let people know about? Uh, uh, I mean, there's uh, the, the World Tour Trackmania tech, whatever it's called, going on right now. I shall endeavor to, to have a mediocre placement with my good team in Division 1. Uh, but EMC is really the goal. Uh, coming up in November... Uh, obviously, Epos will have finished, well, been finished off by his aeroplane or by his own skill or by his teammate's skill from World Tour. So he'll be ready for EMC. So there'll be me, Epos, Staffs, hopefully, and then other players. Uh, I'd like to win EMC. That would be nice. We were close last season. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. That tournament is kind of fun for me because the maps are good and I like good maps. So I want to win it. <laughs> can't, can't argue with that. That's uh, definitely something to aim for. So we'll look forward to uh, yeah. We'll look forward to watching you in the EMCA. Thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, yeah, best of luck with the EMCA. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Keeping Track. To listen to other episodes of the show, you can visit our Substack at nodal.media or you can search for the show on your preferred podcast apps. You can follow the show on Twitter at Nodal Media and even follow me at a Thomas Davis. Thanks again to Bosbez for sitting down to talk with me, and I'll see you all next time.